It is Friday like a bug, Kirk. How does that make you feel? Hey, it feels good. It's, man. it's Friday, man. <laughs> Trust me, it's been a long week, man. First of all, man, shout out to all the parents out there. By the way, Travis, uh, for LA Unified School District, going back to school this week, man, I'm one of those parents. So it's been a hectic week of everybody getting in tune, dropping kids off. So I know all the people who are listening after drop off, I feel your pain, but we got through this week. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've entered a different phase, Kirk, of my the education of my children. I vividly yeah. remember drop-off days and remembering oh, how stressful those can be. And like, I, I don't want to tell anybody that I'm in a bad mood, but the fact of the matter is, I'm I'm, I'm in a certain way right now. Can can you be my my therapist for a minute? Can I? Can I got I you, brother. That's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. I got you. Okay, so Doctor Morrison, um, <laughs> I like that. <sighs> The living room of my home right now is filled with suitcases and mirrors and bags and and shelving units and I don't even know what else. But there's enough stuff in the living room of my house to fill up another house. And those are the materials <laughs> yes. that I am expected to put into my vehicle today to drive down and drop my daughter off at school and then fit into half of a dorm room. <laughs> Does anybody want to try to explain to me how that is going to work? There's there's so much stuff, Kirk, that my yes. wife and I are going to have to take two cars to go get this thing done. Okay, and yet we're going to go into an eight by ten room. It's basically the size of a prison cell, yeah. right? And we're going to put all of that in half of the room. What what in the world are we doing here? Why? And you know what I did, Kirk? This is how What's I've that? been married for almost twenty four years. Twenty four oh, yeah. years next yeah, month. Yeah, please, please enlighten okay? me, please. I'm always. I saw notes. that giant pile of stuff in my living room. Okay. After repeatedly just saying, hey, you know what, less is more. You know, you're not that far away. If you need anything else, we can get it to you. If, you know, Amazon is only a click away. We got you covered. Right. And they kept putting more and more oh. and more <laughs> and more. And at that point, I said, you know what, whatever you guys want. I'm just, I'm just, because this is a losing game for me. It's two right. against one. I will just say that looks great and keep it moving. But don't, but don't misunderstand me. I'm going to be in a bad mood today. Just, just understand that getting into the show. Uh, all right, man. Look, you know what? Uh, it only happens once, hopefully, right? Yeah, so, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, it only happens once. Um, I, I, I would say, I guess, um, cherish the moment if you can. Keep saying, like, you know what? I'm going to cherish this moment because I'm never doing it ever again. Man. Yeah, so, I guess so. Although I, I, I envision I, moving into apartments and homes <laughs> and everything else over the next 10 or 20 years. So dude. I'm sure that, like, this is dad duty. This is just one of the things you have to do. But, like, I'm not going to say anything to them because that'll start a fight. Neither one right. of them listen to me on the radio because they've heard enough of my deal over the years. So I don't have to worry about this getting back to them. But I, I'm just going <laughs> to savor it and not do, not, not say anything thing but in the back of my mind knowing well she doesn't need that she doesn't need that she doesn't yeah. need that 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 and that anyway okay i feel better <laughs> thank you for uh for allowing me to unburden myself travis and slee is brought to you by progressive insurance all guests appear via the goodyear hotline kirk i'm not going to take my victory lap quite yet i'm going to uh -oh. save that for uh -oh. maybe a, a little bit later in the uh -oh. show when we when we talk about blake trying and pitching the ninth inning and striking out the side on 13 pitches i'm not going to yes. do that right now that okay. would be that would be un, unsavory of me to open the show by just telling everyone how right i am all the time so i'm not going to do that what i am going to do is i want to talk to you about how difficult what the dodgers are doing actually is dodgers pitched seven guys yesterday seven different pitchers in a nine right. inning game and won the game comfortably 4-1. to one. And they did that the night after they had a bullpen game, which they did the night after having a bullpen game. Mm -hmm. The Dodgers are pitching a bullpen game three out of every five times through the rotation and have been doing it for a couple of weeks. 
and they're chipping into the best record in baseball, the San Francisco Giants, it is virtually impossible to do what they're doing, and they're making it look easy. Yeah, and it's fun to watch, too, because you don't know what's going to happen from inning to inning. It goes off like a feel thing, right? Like I feel like this guy is good this inning, but let's try this. You kind of get excited watching it because – and I want to throw the Giants out of the equation – the Dodgers are proving why they're one of the best teams in baseball, mm-hmm. why they always have uh, one of the best farm systems in baseball, why they always have one of the, um, the the best nucleus, but guys who can just patch in and fill in. They have a culture. People don't talk enough about the Dodgers' culture, right? People Great think point. culture is a basketball thing. It's a football thing. I think the Dodgers have a culture of show up and play because if you play or if you show production, you will play. And you will get more of it. And as I'm watching them over the last couple of weeks, where you mentioned this little win streak that they got going on, mm-hmm. they're finding ways. Not, they're not even finding ways. They're showing ways that can win. That to a point where if you when you get to the postseason, you don't have to worry about pitchers going seven, eight innings strong. Mm-hmm. If someone gets shelled in that first, second inning, and we're like, uh-oh, here we go again. No, we guess what? We've been here before. We've been in these waters before, and you know how to calm them. That's what I'm taking from the last couple of days and watching this bullpen go to work and, and filling up, you know, six, seven innings of, I don't even know, call it relief work. It's like one of those combined no right? It's just yeah. work, right? It, it, <laughs> just it's work. remarkable. It, we, we it's it's, it's that, a group project now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a group. That's exactly what it is. And they've got a couple of group leaders in Scherzer yeah. and Bueller. But like, like I mentioned, Dodgers have won 14 of their last 17 games. Are you ready to see who the winning pitcher for the Dodgers was in this series of games? And, and notice how infrequently I say names that are really familiar to you. What I'm talking about is basically Scherzer, Urias, and Bueller. Here's, the, okay. here's, here's what we're talking about. Vezia, Urias, Scherzer, Gratterall, Bruder, or Bueller, Vezia, Gratterall, Jansen, Bickford, Scherzer, Trinan, Knable, White, and Phillips. <laughs> okay, those are the guys that have won those 14 games. Phillips, they got him from the Rays about, I don't know, six seconds ago, and they drop him in there. He pitches one of the middle. It's just <laughs> it's extraordinary, Kirk, that they're able to do this. And then when they do get to run one of their guys out there, like they're going to get to do tonight in Walker Bueller, yeah. it's Walker Bueller. Mm. I mean, it's just you and do, do it like this. Take any other team in baseball, the good ones. I'm not even talking about like the, the teams at the bottom of the standings because what difference does it make? But take Correct. the Giants, take the Padres, take the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Rays, the, the Brewers, take the, whoever you want. Take away five of their starting pitchers, not one or two, <laughs> five of them, and see how yeah. they do. And the Dodgers have the second-best record in baseball. It's, it's really remarkable. And I like what you were saying about uh, culture. Dave yeah. Roberts deserves credit for this. Deserves credit for developing a culture where, A, we're going to win, and B, you may have to pitch important innings. You may have to have an at-bat that's a huge at-bat in the game like Billy McKinney's been having over the last week or so, and you need to perform well, and if you do, you're going to be rewarded. You're going to get to continue to play, but if you don't, we have another guy that we're going to give an opportunity to. It's just this production matters, performance matters. And when you get here, we're not ramping you up. We're not trying to make sure that you're ready to go for the next thing. You need to hit the ground running, and I think they deserve a ton of credit for that. Yeah, and also it helps out in loyalty as well. Because if a guy doesn't have it one night, hey, we can go to the bullpen. Hey, it's okay. Because you're not going to be great every night. That's just what baseball is, right? What they say, you get a hit every three to four at-bats, you're a Hall of Famer? Yep, (laughs) pretty much. You're not going to be successful every single time out there. 
But if you do have someone behind you that can come in and continue to keep pace, continue to, for me, I call it the backup quarterback syndrome. Come into the game and don't lose the game. Just come. We're not asking you to go win the game. And I think that's what I'm seeing from Dave Roberts and the rotations that he's put out there. The guys who you know are your starters, that that's their job. You know that. But in what I've seen over the last couple of weeks are guys who are coming in, just don't lose the game. Mm-hmm. Just go in, get your innings, get your pitches. You mentioned uh, trying, trying in the other day, uh, last yeah. night on 13 pitches. <laughs> that, to me, is efficiency, right? But that also gives – and I, don't, I know you want to go through your victory lap, but <laughs> I'm, I'm stretching right now. I don't want to pull a hammy, <laughs> but go ahead. Finish your thought. <laughs> but you're also grooming him as well for more, some more important innings down the stretch. There you you're go. You're grooming him for more for bigger games, right? It's the backup quarterback who's the young guy who you're trying to figure out what you got. But you know I need to put him in some pressure-type situations. Last night was a pressure-type situation. It wasn't like it was a five-run lead, a six-run no. lead. No, you're right there. Anytime, three or less in the in, in Major League Baseball, you get two runners on. That means the tying run is coming up to the plate. So you get that situation. You'll face three batters in that inning if you go through it. And he mowed them down as if it was nothing even was there. It was right, just so, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, let's talk about that because – let me ask the Dodger fans this, and feel free to call in and weigh in with your opinion. 877-710-ESPN, 877-710-3776. How did it feel to you when the Dodgers had a 4-1 to lead going into the ninth inning last night, and here comes Blake Trinan? Yeah. How did that feel? What was going through your mind? <laughs> did you ever feel like, uh-oh, oh boy, you know, let's hope that first guy doesn't get on? Did that ever cross your mind? Did you ever have that, why are there two guys on base with a walk and a hit and we haven't even gotten an out yet? Did that ever go? No, it was strike three, you're out, strike three, you're out, strike three, you're out. Now, I'm not saying he's going to strike out the side every time. It would be nice if he did, but he's not. It was the most low-stress, easy ninth inning that we've seen in a very long time where, to your point, Kirk, this wasn't a 14-4 to game that they played in New York a couple of days ago or a 9 to nothing game that they played against the Pirates a couple of days ago. This was a three-run game. Now, it's not a one-run game. That's a little right. different. But it, there was no stress. And you can't – look, I know I felt it. I bet you Dave Roberts felt it. And this is exactly what I was saying you needed to start to do, which is just, hey, you know what, let's just use Blake tonight and see what it looks like. Well, right. you got a real good look at what it looks like, and I'm telling you right now it's going to happen more and more and more over the course of the next month and change. It's, it's it's okay to have two guys, right? It's okay to have two guys who can come in and close out a game. I think the night prior to that, right, I mean, Kenley comes in, and it, it was a stressful moment for a second, right? When mm-hmm. runners get on base, Kenley came on, and it's like, whew, here we go again. Now, look, it is a roller coaster ride at times with Kenley, right? It, it, it makes the, the moments are a lot more stressful. The result was good the other night. But it's still way too much stress. And last night, like you mentioned, was one of those nights where Blake goes in, handles his business. And I don't know if I'm, if I'm Dave Roberts, it's, it's more of a look at everybody and just a, a, acknowledgement that we got something, fellas. Like, we yeah. we have something now. We have well, something that we, we, we got our guy in, 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 in Kenley, but we also have someone that we can get Kenley a little rest. He doesn't have to go every night. There, there are two different types of stress that we're talking about. There's the, the stress of the, that comes along with the fans, right? The emotional stress of, okay, I got two guys on, one out. Okay, we got out of it and we won the game, which is, uh, okay, cool, we won. You keep, you keep it moving and you feel a certain way. And then there's the baseball stress of it, right, which, which is what you mentioned earlier. 
the way that Kenley Jansen has been going through this, and let's, to, in the interest of fairness, <laughs> yes. he hasn't blown a bunch of games lately. He blew a bunch of them coming out of the break, but almost all of these have been yeah. um, the winning runs at second base. <laughs> yes, and, and, right. and now it, and it's it ain't not perfect. Just, not just from a fan, it puts pressure on your defense. It puts right. pressure on your catcher. It puts you in a position where, like we saw against the Giants a couple of weeks ago, where one bad call can screw it up for you. Whereas if you never have anybody on base and there's a check swing and the guy says no swing, even though he would have doubled with the swing, it's like whatever. There's nobody on base. You get him on the next pitch. You keep it moving. Hmm. Right now, though, there's all these guys on base all the time, a bad call, a bad hop, an error, an extra base hit, and all of a sudden the game blows up. When there's nobody on, those 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 little mistakes, they don't add up like that, and I think that's what Blake Trinan brings to this team. Oh, man, I'm looking at the phone lines lighting up right now, man, and it's bringing me some comparisons to what's going on, Travis, right now. I'm, I'm going to save my comparison. I'm going to hold it for a second because I know some people want to get in on yeah. this topic right now, but – I'm also seeing something too that I, it brings me back to a moment in my life. <laughs> I think it's pretty a good comparison to what's going on now. All right, let's try one of those calls. Let's go to Whittier and Ted. Ted, you are on Travis and Kirk this morning. What's going on, Ted? Good morning, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Um, yeah. I don't want to. I don't know if there's any truth to this, but I just think about it. Since Lee's been on vacation, Dodgers just climbed a game and a half close. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we should make, make him anyway. stay away. <laughs> well, what I really want to talk about was I, I think, you know, every game moving forward is like a postseason game because when you're trying to catch the guy in front of you, right? So um, I think Kleinman's uh, performance last night, it, it had opened a lot of eyes. I, I, I understand you want to keep Kenley in the mix, but Trinan with that dirty stuff, he's got to be your guy moving forward. you got to, got to get his mind right thinking that he's going to be the ninth inning guy. Maybe Kenley's the three-run lead guy to close the ninth kind of deal. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I, I think you do need to go into the postseason with a pretty clear um, understanding of who's going to pitch in which role. I think I think that needs to be made clear. Now, you don't have to. The Dodgers went into the postseason last year with, with Kenley Jansen as their ninth inning guy, and by the time the Dodgers had the, the trophy – he wasn't. So you can make the change along the way. But I do think that understanding your role along the way is important. Let me try one more quick one here. Let's go to Los Angeles this time. And Chris, Chris, you're on with Travis and Kirk. What's up? Hey, good morning, fellas. Hey, you know, it's funny. Last night when I was watching the game, I was thinking the same thing. I said, Trinan is our new closer. Um, and it's funny because when Kenley Jansen comes in, my friends and I, we just text the uh, cross your fingers emoji to each other because we all know, like, oh, my God, what are we getting ready to get into? And, you know, I, to me, he's like an old car battery when you go out there at late at night or, or when it's raining and you turn the key. You don't want to cross your fingers hoping the battery's going to work and the car's going to start. You want to be able to go and just have some confidence. But when he's out there, that's how I feel. It's like, oh, my God, is this car going to start? Are we going to win this game? What's going to happen? So I think trying is the man. Thanks, fellas. You got it, Chris. Yeah, that's exactly what it is, Kirk, right? It's that I think this is going to work. It's worked mm-hmm. in the past, but you know what? About every 10th time I turn this car over, it's dead in the water. That's kind of where we are with Kenley. Travis, that, that, that was my comparison. And I'm glad oh, really? he, he brought that up. That was my comparison. My, my last two years in the NFL were in Buffalo, New York, Travis. Mm. There's a reason Sorry. why I live in California, especially <laughs> Los Angeles. There is a reason why, Travis, because of the anxiety – and the nervousness that I would have waking up in the mornings from November, December, January, and February in Buffalo. 
<laughs> because you wake up in the morning and you have no idea what it's going to look like when you peel back those curtains. <laughs> Is it eight inches of snow or are the roads are clear? Right. And that's what I'm looking at sometimes with the Dodgers and Kenley Jansen. You wake up and you want to feel like in California, I can peel back and I know the roads are clear. I may have a little bit of overcast. Maybe the ground's a bit wet, but nothing too crazy. In Buffalo, it was eight inches of snow. And all of a sudden now my heart rate is going up. My anxiety is going up. And you never know what you're going to get. And I think to yesterday – was a nice day of peeling back the curtains and seeing clear roads, no traffic, and you got to you actually got to your destination early yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. If that's what getting there early is, I'll, I'm on that 100% of the time. Coming up in 15 minutes, it is a special anniversary for the greatest of all time. That's coming up in 15 minutes. But up next, where are we witnessing the greatest season of all time? He did some more work yesterday. That's next. This is Travis and Slee. Kirk's in for Slee on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. So I'm in a little bit of a better spot, Kirk. Okay. You, you've already told me <laughs> that you have some spots that I can hit when I go down later today, That uh, some burrito locations when I make the, the drop-off with my, my daughter at school today. Yeah, always, man. you you got to have some spots. Um, and for me, down in Southern California, especially down in the San Diego area, um, I've got some spots, man. I got them. I got uh, sombreros, a nice big chain, but it is good. Sombrero burrito. I mean, sombrero Sold. Mexican food. Because I'm always about the authentic, and I thought a lot of people out there sure. are going to give you some other names as well, which is great. But when you have a drive-through Mexican authentic spot, like for me, that's all good. Yeah. Because sometimes I don't always have to sit inside the restaurant. No. I may need my carne asada burrito to go. <laughs> you may need to be <laughs> one hand on the steering wheel and right. one hand wrapped around that. I understand. I've been there. I think we've all been there. <laughs> yeah. it's, the, it's, the, it's the way of life yeah, in Southern so, California. Yeah. You eat Absolutely. while you drive occasionally. That's just the, the, the way that it is. It's time right now for some Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And, you know, Shohei Otani didn't do what he did a couple of days ago where he hit his 40th home run, pitched eight innings, pitched, uh, struck out eight along the way, and picked up his eighth win of the season. It, it wasn't quite like that, but what he did do yesterday was he had a couple of hits, he had an RBI, he scored a run, he walked three or two times, he was on base four times yesterday, scored a run, and the, the Angels actually did something kind of cool. If they were in a race, it would be kind of interesting. They were down 10-2 to two and won yeah. the game, which is really <laughs> – 10-2 to two late in the game. I think it was in the sixth or seventh Six, inning, and yeah. they were down 10-2 to two and came back to win the game. Whatever. But I want to continue the conversation about Otani because we're getting more 
people that are weighing in on this, talking about Otani's season arguably being the greatest season of all time, the latest to throw their hat in the ring is Mike Greenberg. I think I'm going to try to make the case that what Shohei Otani is actually having is the greatest individual season in the history of Major League Baseball. He leads the Major League in home runs <laughs> and any number of other slugging And total bases and extra right? base hits. He's, he's the best power hitter in Major League Baseball today. He is definitely that. He is the best power hitter in Major League Baseball today. I don't. Right. I, I have no argument with that whatsoever. He's one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball. I think that is almost inarguable at this point. But is what he doing? Is what he's doing, Otani, the greatest season of all time? It's the most unique, like we talked about yesterday. But I, I go back to thinking about what McGuire and Sosa did, and those two guys hitting a home run nearly single every single day as one of the greatest seasons of all time. What Barry Bonds did in 2001, where I don't think he swung and yeah. missed at a pitch for six months, that to me was I need to see every single at-bat that this guy is putting up there. Yeah, that was must-see TV when you bring up those guys, right? Uh, that, that McGuire and Sosa, how people thought it saved baseball. Mm -hmm. uh, me watching Barry Bonds and that, that year of him chasing – records i mean it was un every it, it seemed like there was only two things that happened when barry bonds came to bat either a home run or an intentional walk yep and that was it and i used to just love because he used to wear that big giant bionic arm <laughs> big pad, yeah. on that right elbow he had more pads on than you did when you played for the raiders <laughs> and i'm sitting here like what uh but I, I got another one though I, I have a honorable mention in there too okay travis that i think we forget about because I thought about this one, and in 2012, let's not forget about what Miggy Cabrera did, mm. right? Winning the Triple Crown, batting 330, 44 home runs, 139 RBIs. It may not go down as one of the best seasons of all time, but we're talking about a guy who statistically plays every single day and led the three major statistics in baseball and won the Triple Crown. That, to me, is also one of those situations where you have to look at it's a, it's a great feat, but I think also when you're not winning games or when you're not in that national scene of in a pennant race, those accomplishments, individual accomplishments, what happened? They kind of get pushed to the side. Like we'll go back and we'll remember because he's going to win the MVP. Shohei Atani will be the MVP of no the question. American League. No question. But 10 years from now, 15, maybe whenever – 20 years from now, 20, 25 years from now, we look at, oh, okay, oh, 2021, Otani, uh, MVP. He did what? He did what? Oh. <laughs> yeah. He hit 50 home runs. He pitched. And you're like, oh, but did we actually see it, though? Yeah. Like, did we watch it? I don't know if we necessarily watched it. Like I said, he, to me, is still a box score guy. There, there are two things going on here. I, a – I think that his season, the 2021 season that Otani's putting together, is on the very short list of greatest seasons of all time. Correct. It's certainly on there. It, it, it's, it's, if it's not number one, it's not past number three or four. I, I believe that for sure. But And I'm going to make up a new word here, Kirk. Are uh -oh. you ready? Okay, here we go. <laughs> I, I, I think it is the most unduplicatable season in Major League history. Ah, I, 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 and maybe that's, that's a word. 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 It doesn't no, sound no, no. right. Unduplicatable no, it, doesn't yeah. sound great to me. Maybe it is. I don't know. No one's doing – look, I'll, I'll, let me throw this out there. I don't think Shohei Otani is going to do this again. I don't think that Otani is going to have a 50-home run season where he hit, where he wins, you know, I don't know how many games he's going to end up winning, say 11 or 12 games where he's going to strike out 150 guys, where he's going to have a whip that's, you know, right around one, maybe a little lower. It's just 
I don't know because it's so unique. Health plays a huge factor in this. There will be some adjustments, some learning curve that comes back that slows down probably more than anything on his offensive end, where they're going to learn how to pitch him a little bit better because we've seen some guys come in and just wreck shop. And then baseball adjusts and says, okay, he doesn't hit this pitch particularly well. You're going to get a whole bunch of those. He's still going to be an all-star. Don't get me wrong. He's still going right. to be an MVP candidate. But I don't know if we'll ever see this again. And it's just one of those times that, you know, kind of take a step back. And, like, I'm not a huge Angel fan, but mm-hmm. if that guy's up to bat, I'm flipping back and forth between the Dodgers and the Angels constantly because I want to make sure I don't miss that guy come to bat. Well, on the nights he pitches, I'm flipping back and forth every other out because I want to see what he's doing. And I can't remember the last time I said that about a guy that wasn't a Bonds, a McGuire, a Sosa. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I think he does when he's up to bat. I do want to watch him bat because very rarely does he strike out. He makes a ton of contact. Something's going to go into play. I, I think it was like that for me when I was watching – Ichiro, right? I just thought uh-huh. it was fun because I knew that he was going to put the ball in play. He was not, and when he got struck out, it was more or less an umpire made a bad call, right? <laughs> because there's certain guys who, like for me, you know, when I was heavy into baseball as a player, like I enjoyed watching, and I think for me, I enjoy watching him. I enjoy watching him. Yeah, he's he's something else. Let's try a phone call here, Santa Clarita this time, and Tony, Tony, you're on with Travis and Kirk. What's going on, Tony? All this thing about Otani is all about his pitching. How many times has he beat, beat Houston, Chicago, New York, Boston, or Oakland? I think Joe Madden tries to get him to avoid those teams. And how many of his home runs have come in the late innings with the game on the line instead of like solo shots and double like home runs in the early night, innings? the one he hit two nights ago on the Tigers when they beat him 2-1? to one? <laughs> well, that's just one, and that happens <laughs> well, you all asked. the time. It happened but two how, days how ago. How many of his pitching wins have come up against those good teams, and how many times has he won the game against a closer? Tony, like let, me, let, me, let me jump in there because I, I, that's ridiculous. I mean, I, I, the, he takes his turn when it's his turn. He yes. doesn't make the schedule. He takes his turn when it's his turn. Yeah, they, they stretch it out a little bit. The Angels are kind of going six guys a turn because, right. you know, believe it or not, you have to make concessions to a guy that's also your DH every other night. You're going to yes. try to make it a little more palatable for him just physically. But if you want to throw cold water on this, you can look in the mirror and do it yourself, Tony. I'm not participating. This is an extraordinary, <laughs> extraordinary season that we're watching, and there's no yeah but on this other than the Angels aren't very good. That's a fair point. The rest of it, man, you're going to have to find somewhere else for that. <laughs> I'm just laughing. You know you know, he has to take his turn or has to wait his turn, right? <laughs> like, hey, Coach. Know, there's, there, there's four or five <laughs> other guys that are in line, and then his, his turn comes up. So sometimes it may not align with what you may think. Like, oh, they're hiding him. No, hey, it's just not his turn. <laughs> hey, Skip, um, I know that I pitched last night against the uh, the Rangers who stink, but uh, we've got the Astros tonight. I'd like to pitch again, please, because Tony in Santa Clarita wants to make sure that I'm pitching against the best teams. If you, if you look, here's the thing, and Tony, I kind of get where you're coming from, yeah, because I I, I'm I'm a little bit of a of a out of the box pessimist. Like that's just kind of the way that I see the world. Unfortunately, I wish I wasn't, but I am. <laughs> if you can't get on board with this man, I don't know what to tell you. If if you don't like this, then you don't like baseball. You don't like cool blank. You don't right. like to watch things that are just really really fun because what Otani is doing is amazing. Yeah, it's it's like I said to me. Got I love watching and I need more live cut-ins every night. Yeah, MLB do, better do that because he's going to be the MVP, and I want to watch him down the stretch. 
I'd watch it. I, I, I'll watch him bat every single time. I don't need to miss a single one of them. That's your Straight Talk Wireless. No contract. No compromise. Coming up in 15 minutes, it is Ask Kirk. Send him in. Hashtag him Ask Slee if you'd like. You can hashtag him Ask Kirk. Just make sure that you send him to me on my Twitter feed, at Travis Rogers. That's coming up in just a little bit. But next, we have seen an absolutely unprecedented amount of goats over the last 20 years. Who's the goatiest of the goats? We'll get into that next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. So I'm calling something the Creepers probably a pretty bad name along the way. I got a couple of tweets here that I want to get into uh, real quick, and you guys are doing a great job on Ask Kirk. So we've got you can still send more. We'll always take more, but we are absolutely loaded up right there. Um, Dean writes, Trav, it's kind of BS that Otani never had to face Trout. <laughs> Perfect, right? Yeah. Well, wait, he's never had to pitch to Mike Trout. If you don't like what's going on there, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I knew this would come in, and I intentionally was waiting to get one from a listener. This is from Matt, and it says, <laughs> McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds were all juiced. What Otani is doing hasn't been done since Babe Ruth, and he's clean. He's out Ruthing Babe Ruth himself, greatest season ever. Okay, Matt, I'm not arguing that what he's doing might be on the list of greatest season ever. But I, I I didn't like what Barry Bonds and McGuire and Sosa did with PEDs, but baseball counts them, so I'm counting them too. Yeah. Right? I, I just I, I get it that they're juiced, but here's what I know for sure. Taking whatever it is that these guys took does not mean that you swing a bat and automatically connect with the ball, Correct. that you automatically barrel up every pitch. Most of the pitchers they were facing were juiced out of their minds too. So in, an, in the weirdest way, it was kind of sort of an even playing field. The numbers were skewed a little bit. But I, I, I'm not a PED guy. I'm not a PED, you know, if you do it once, you're dead to me forever. It, it's just that, that was the state of baseball in the 90s and early 2000s. And to pretend that it didn't happen and it doesn't count, I think, is disingenuous. Yeah, no, I agree, Travis. Honestly, that was what baseball was. And trust me, if you weren't a fan that was sitting down, going to games, buying tickets, watching it on television, you'd be lying to yourself. That was probably the most exciting part of baseball that I've ever had a chance to witness. Yeah, especially considering that, at least I think for most people here in Los Angeles, it had nothing to do with the Dodgers. It had, yeah, you know, if you're, you're a Bay Area guy. It had nothing yeah. to do with the A's or with the Giants yeah. or any. It just, I need to see if Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa hit a home run tonight. Correct. I, I, I need to see it. You know, the Giants thing with Bonds obviously is in a different category, but right. just extraordinary. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. So it was this day back in 2000 that Tiger Woods became the first golfer since Ben Hogan in 1952 to win three majors in a calendar year. That put the finishing touches on his Tiger Slam, right, Kirk? Yes. So I was thinking about this this morning. Tiger Woods is in the conversation of GOAT. It's like him and Jack Nicholas, right? Yep. Tom Brady is in the conversation of GOAT in the NFL. LeBron James is in the conversation of GOAT in the NBA. Serena Williams, I don't even know if she is the conversation of GOAT. She, she is the GOAT in women's tennis. Mike Trout is probably not GOAT. But he's go to Jason if we're talking about it. We've seen Michael Phelps. We've seen Messi and Ronaldo. We've seen all of these different guys that have been, and women, just be at the very peak of their sports. And it's all happened in the last 20 years. We've just had an unprecedented run of the greatest ever. Is there, if you had to pick one of these guys out of the list to say they're the goatiest of all these goats, which guy mm. are you picking or woman? Whew, the goatiest of all these goats. To me, um, I'm going to go with my roots, man, uh, the, the football roots. I got to go with Tom Brady. And the reason why I'm going is because you said two decades, which I think is perfect mm -hmm. because you can look at 
the if you separated the two decades of Tom Brady from 2000 to 2010 and Tom Brady from 2011 to where we are now, two totally different guys, but the resumes are unbelievable. <laughs> as if as if they're two different players, Travis. Like just one of those decades, you can say, well, he's a Hall of Famer. But then you throw in the other decade, and you're like, wow, he's all. And this is where the debate comes in. Because there's a lot of people who say, but they're not the GOAT. He's not the GOAT. This is that. I do take offense sometimes when I hear that Tom Brady is not one of the greatest football players, may not one of the greatest athletes ever. He has accolades in a team sport. Mm. I know this, Travis. Tiger Woods is one of the best. I play golf. It is extremely difficult. It is ex- <laughs> it extremely is. difficult to be consistent, let alone to be the best in the world. And to think that it is an individual sport that really it's about how he plays against the course. It's Serena. She's just better than everybody else. They have worked and they've worked and put themselves in a situation. Simone Biles, uh, Phelps. But I think what makes Tom Brady stand out, even LeBron, is that they have to get 10 other people or, in LeBron's case, four other people yeah. to get on board for them to have success. Yeah, that, that's to me why LeBron and Tom Brady are in a separate category from a lot of these other guys. And I, I don't know soccer well enough to have an educated opinion on Ronaldo and Messi, but <laughs> right. it's just – it's I, I don't know, so I'll, I'll leave right. that aside. But if somebody misses a block, Tom Brady loses the Super Bowl. Absolutely. If, if somebody drops a pass, Tom Brady loses the Super Bowl. If LeBron James has J.R. Smith, you know, do what he did, all of a sudden it's like, damn, I didn't even do anything. I, I scored 50 points and we lost. What the hell was that? Right? You know, well, look at this guy over here. What, what's going on? So I think you're right. I, I think that it has to be Brady or LeBron. And yes. I'm going to, I think it's Brady too. First of all, Kirk, he's been in the league for 20 plus years. Yes. And he's been to the Super Bowl 10 times. <laughs> Ten times. Yes, the, the, he, he's been in for twenty years. There are teams that have never been to the Super Bowl. Yes, there are Hall of Famers that have never been to the Super Bowl. He's been ten times. He basically goes every other. Like some people take a vacation to Lake Tahoe every other year. That's how often he goes to the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. He has, a res- he has a residency there. <laughs> yeah. It's and. I get it. He's arguably paired up with one of the greatest coaches of all time. But Correct. this is where I think his genius just kind of goes to a whole other level. He realized, you know what? Watch this. Because as long as the two of us are together, that debate will always exist. Who was more important to the success of the Patriots? Was it Tom Brady or was it Bill Belichick? And we could go around the block a thousand times and never get to an answer until he left to Tampa and went one for one. And, yeah. and, 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 and New England missed the playoffs. And that doesn't mean that Bill Belichick's a bum or anything like that, but that was a pretty good exclamation point to the statement, yeah, I'm a little more important than he was. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, look, I, I don't want to dismiss LeBron, too, in this conversation. I think what we both understand what Tom Brady is doing is something that, like you mentioned, unduplicatable because <laughs> you will never be able to duplicate the career that he has ever again. I don't care what people say. For the rest of football, you cannot duplicate what he's done. As far as LeBron, I would say it's the well, it's very similar because he's taken he's won three championships four I know four overall but three championships with three different franchises <laughs> like that 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 to me alone and won the MVP yeah that that to me alone tells you that uh he's pretty much a goat right because 
before them, there was nothing going on. I mean, for him to go to Miami and, and, and win that championship too, then he goes to obviously uh, uh, goes back to Cleveland and does something they had never done before. Those are the more iconic moments that we remember. I think it's hard. Like Michael Phelps will be the GOAT in his sport regardless. But when I try to put him in that other prism of these other guys that talk about the GOATiest performances or GOATiest uh, of, of those decades, sometimes it's just hard for me to do that in an individual sport because you are just that much better than like, Can I, I will never be able to swim better than Michael Phelps. Like Simone Biles will just eat me up on the gymnastic floor. Like I can't do that. I'd like to, to see you do the pummel horse, Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Emily, what's up? Can I was more con- of an uneven bars guy myself. <laughs> by the way, but okay. I wanted to be a contrarian for just a second though. Sure. Go because ahead. with football, basketball, baseball, you have help. So you can be the goat, but you have help around you. Mm. People like Tiger, people like Serena, it's just them on the court and it's just their abilities that go beyond anything. They don't have someone catching their balls for them. They don't have someone blocking them. You know, if Tom Brady was on a terrible team, would he matter? I mean, the one thing, though, LeBron was on some not-so-great teams in Cleveland, and he still got them to LeBron NBA took finals. Eric Snow to the NBA finals. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So I, I say LeBron, but Tom Brady has had help at both the Patriots and the Buccaneers. Yeah. Anders yeah. and Verizal went to the finals because <laughs> LeBron was there. I mean, it just let's. The, I, I hear what you're saying, but those yeah. guys can help as, or hurt, I should say, as often as they help. It's uh, we live in a pretty good time where we're able to list off what is that like eight or ten guys and women oh, that absolutely. are the greatest of all time at their sport. And by the way, if Simone Biles, what, is, what does she weigh? Like 110 pounds tops. Yeah. Tops. If she makes that bar bend the way that it does, I do not want to see Kirk Morrison On the swinging from the uneven bars. There'd be shrapnel <laughs> all over the Olympic. Auditorium, that would be a bad deal. All right, coming up in 15 minutes, when is a guy being super pissed off? Good news for the Lakers. We'll tell you what that is coming up in 15 minutes. But up next, it is Ask Kirk. That's coming up. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Well, I'd be lying, Kirk, if I said I haven't been looking forward to this all week. You ready? I'm ready, man. All right, let's start with Daniel Tapia, who says, when you made a big hit or chugged a beer, what was your favorite (laughs) phrase to say after? Hashtag ask Kirk. What's your go-to scream after you made a big play or a beer? Uh, Man, I think it was just just, uh, just a a, a nice – Stone Cold Steve Austin, right? The 316. You know, can I get a hell yeah? You know what I mean? Like that's all, that's all it was. It, it wasn't. It wasn't much, but like yeah. So my nickname in college was Bear. They used to call me Bear. Okay. Because after a play, or if I missed an assignment, or not an assignment, if I missed a tackle, or I got a, I would snap my hands. And one of my buddies said, "You look like a bear trying to catch fish." And everybody just kept calling me Bear. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, so they, yeah, that was my nickname in college. It was Bear. I got news for you. Somebody else that you know, Travis Rogers, is going to start calling you Bear from uh, from this point forward. Moving on. I thought because when we watch a lot of games together, Kirk, sometimes when there's a big hit, you'll jump out of your seat and give me like a pow or something. Like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard you do that. I thought that might be your uh, yeah. your go to. All right, let's go to the next one here. This is from Ryan. It says, "I'm thinking of buying a boat. If Kirk were buying a boat." What would he name it? Hashtag Ask Kirk. For let me, let me start here. Do you own a boat, Kirk? Uh, no, I don't. In my okay. dreams, I do. If yeah. you were going to own a boat, what would you name it? Um, I would name. So my last two years of college, 
I got the nickname of the Dark Lord. So I wore a visor and I took on this whole image of Star Wars and I had this shield on. And so I would name it the Dark Lord would be the name of my boat. Not bad. Not bad. I would I would go with the bear before I go with the Dark Lord. <laughs> I, like, I like that a little better. I think for me, I'd name it the Fish Taco with a bunch of A-H's in the middle like, ah. It kind of covers all the things. I'm out on the water. I'm, I'm looking for some fish tacos. That's how that's going to go. All right. Uh, let's see this. this. This is from, ooh, I like this. New name. This is from Jesse Garcia. And Jesse writes, uh, hashtag Ask Kirk. Who was the most annoying quarterback you ever played against, and why was it Philip Rivers? <laughs> hashtag Ask Kirk. Well, so who was it? It was easy. It was Philip Rivers. Why? Because I never beat him in my career. I played against him uh, my first – well, Philip didn't play his rookie year. Well, my rookie year. It was still Drew Brees' team at the time, my rookie year of 2005. But playing against him four years in Oakland – a couple of uh, years outside of that, when he was with the uh, when I was with Buffalo and Jacksonville, you just hated Philip Rivers because he talked junk all the time, <laughs> and he's pretty and good at it too. That's that's the worst part. He talked junk, but he didn't use swear words, so that makes it doubly worse, right? Think about it. If someone smack talked you and they didn't curse, you're like. Like, you don't know to be angry or to laugh. So I think a lot of times it was more I was laughing because it didn't have that, that, that punctuation that you need when someone swears. Yeah, look, if, if somebody is talking junk at you and they're using golly gee whiz dadgummit, then, yeah. then you're probably, wait, what? Am I, am I upset at that? I don't think I am, except for he just dropped a bunch of points on my team. All right, how about this one? This is from TFP. When was the last time you signed an autograph? Hashtag Ask Kirk. Wow, I, I signed an autograph last week at the at the airport. I was in the Bay Area. Uh, I, I went up uh, to go visit my parents. I played some golf, and I came back and I was rushing through the airport, Travis. So I'm rushing. I'm, I, get, I get to I get to the airport. The flight to Burbank takes off in literally 37 minutes. I've got my golf clubs. I got my <laughs> carry on. I get there, and the lady has this look on me like. Uh, like, excuse me. I was like, yeah, uh, I'm trying to get on this flight to Burbank. I got 30, almost 30 minutes. Will my golf clubs make it? You know, and she's like, let me see your ID. So I gave her my ID, right? <laughs> so yeah, she gave me a little sass. I give her my ID and she looks at my ID and say, wait a minute. You Kirk Morrison? I said, yeah. She said, oh my God, I am a Raider fan. Oh, boy, come here. You mind if I take a picture with you? I said, sure. So I take a picture with her. I And look, I sign an autograph. She says, don't worry. Your your golf club yeah. will make the flight. I made the flight. And then she was like, oh, I'm going to walk you to the gate. So she walks me no up way. to security. I got through. All of that taken care of. I said, thank you. Signed an autograph. And then my flight was delayed for an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I thought you were going to say, look, I'll take a picture with you if you can guarantee me that my golf clubs get on that airplane. Otherwise, uh, I got to run. That's uh, that's great. I love that story. All right. This is from uh, John uh, of Fullerton. Yeah. Who is more jealous, Steve Mason about Travis Lee getting some love at SoFi or a girlfriend when they see that you've liked another girl's selfie on Instagram? Hashtag Ask Kirk. Ooh, I would have to go Mace because he's got season tickets. So he has to see that every time he goes to SoFi Stadium. So every time he goes to SoFi Stadium, he looks up and he sees a picture of Travis and Slee and not of Steve Mason. I think he's a little bit more jealous. 
<laughs> yeah, I I don't know if anybody could be more out of sorts than Mason is that Slee and I. And by the way, not only did Slee and I get a love, you and I got some yeah, love we too. Do. That we got some, our, yeah, we our got mugs were up there too. Yeah, we got some love doing some post game of the Rams. Make sure you tune in after every Rams game and half and half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Finally, we finally have another person on our side. Yeah, Emily, we'll let everybody know it. on the drive home or the drive to SoFi. Listen to Travis and Kirk. That's right. uh, but yeah, I think uh, yeah, Mace Mace's got to figure out a way to get up there on that Oculus. Uh, okay, here's named, another one. The Samsung Oculus. I forgot what they named. Something it, like that. It's yeah. just all I know is that we're on it. That's all that really matters. This is from Julian. What part of your body would you replace with an improved mechanical version? So if we're going to make a bionic man out of Kirk yeah. Morrison, do you want that eye, the leg, the arm? What are we talking about? I always wanted to be like Usain Bolt fast. I would want a pair of fast legs because I would just be just running past people. I would still be in the NFL because I felt like I had great hands. I have seven career interceptions, by the way. Uh, I always felt <laughs> and like a touchdown. My, yeah, and a Don't touchdown. Don't leave that out. Yeah. I always felt like my mind was always going at warp speed. I'm always thinking and reading, doing all that stuff. So I always felt that if there was one thing I would change, I would love to feel like what does it feel to just be faster than everybody? Like I think about Tyreek yeah. Hill and those guys. Like when I step on the Deshaun field, they Jackson. look around and says, "I'm the fastest guy out here." Yeah, nobody. If I want to, nobody can catch me. Yeah, that's it. I'm running away from absolutely not bad. I'd want some sort of mechanical like garbage disposal installed in my stomach just so I could eat faster and more. Like let's put some sort of like you know the thing that they attach underneath the sink, the garbage. Like I want yeah. one of those placed right in my gut to just kind of run right through it. I don't have to wait to feel hungry again. Ashley is brought to you by Key of Carson. This summer, find your next car or SUV at Kia of Carson. Hurry on in to Kia of Carson for the best selection off the 405 at the Carson exit. Go to KiaofCarson.com. Coming up in 15 minutes, is Matthew Stafford closer to Derek Carr than we think? Somebody thinks so. But up next, for the first time in a long time, can we truly say that LeBron James is not the best player in the NBA? That's coming up next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.